I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, supported by Water Wipes, who are proven to be purer than cotton wool and water and now biodegradable. From fertility to birth, pandemic parenting to taking care of ourselves, here we talk to women about their own unique experiences of motherhood. The insane joy and anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, the tears, and the moments that we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum, from that first nappy change to those messy weaning months, water wipes, the world's purest baby wipes. Made here in Ireland, water wipes are now 100% biodegradable and compostable wipes. With the same purity and quality as before, they are ideal for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. As the number one wipe in Ireland, together we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products, and this podcast. Every single one of our children is different. They each have different talents, different growth spurts, different hair colour, and they thrive when we focus and celebrate their different abilities instead of seeing the disabilities. To mark World End Syndrome Day, I'm joined in this very special episode by Melissa Mullins, a mum of three girls, to talk about how she is raising them to be strong, capable and confident. At 25, Melissa became a mum for the first time to Evie, who just happened to have an extra chromosome. What was a shock at the time, and something that sounded bad, in fact, is what makes Evie incredibly special with boundless love. She spreads joy everywhere she goes. And now, Melissa is doing incredible work with her page, The Mind of a Mammy, to help us all see the ability and change what we think about Down Syndrome. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me on Every Mum the Podcast. Um, I know that you have, you know, between us, we have five girls all trying to sleep <laughs> around us. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's a tricky juggle. Firstly, tell me about Evie. So Evie is three and a half now at the moment. Um, she's just, she's her own person, sassy. Bossy, <laughs> typical three-year-old, a teenager, as I like to call her. <laughs> she knows her own mind. I have a teenager as well, so I can definitely sympathise on the um, the the sassy front. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, she's a diva, but a diva with a lot of spirit. Oh, definitely. Like where she just brings happiness wherever she goes. She just radiates happiness. So, tell me about Evie's birth. Um. So. Evie was born at 38 weeks and three days. Um, her birth was absolutely just normal birth, amazing. Um, Molly, little baby, she was a big baby. And she was with me then for, I'd say, six or seven hours before we noticed that she was um, having feeding issues. And she was removed from me then until the next day it was the next day before we seen her again and um it was then that we were actually given the the diagnosis of down syndrome and um, so it wasn't known before her birth that she that she was going to have um down syndrome i was scanned numerous 
times and I actually remember one of my scans there was um, a lovely young girl she was actually only a trainee and I'll never forget she went out to get a second opinion so the lady came back in and whatever she had pointed out on the, the, the scan she said no 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 everything's perfect and I always think back to that moment and wonder did that girl mm. see something but because she was only new and she was only a trainee was she dismissed do you know yeah that the because I I always think back to that and think maybe she did see something and you know just because she was younger yeah. and they just dismissed her but um not that it would have made a difference to us like if I had found out earlier I think I just would have been more worried throughout my pregnancy because I was only 25 and when we actually got Edie's diagnosis like I just remember being like heartbroken I was so upset like at 25 years of age you're just you know you're naive you you have like when someone says down syndrome you just automatically think bad and it's 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 like it actually hurts me to say that now because when Evie was first born I, I doubt I doubt her ability so much like uh, all these thoughts went through my head like what she wouldn't do how she was going to impair our lives and it's actually it's sad to think that that's how I thought originally because if I knew what I knew I know now like I just wasted so many tears like over those first first two weeks because we're led to believe that down syndrome is the opposite of what it actually is do you know what I mean it's just it's so hard to describe like your first initial thoughts when you're just given that diagnosis especially at such a young age and I just feel the way it was dealt with in the hospital as well was it was very bad like we did we weren't told until the next day when we were told we were brought into a separate room and like there was like 10 people all in the one room wearing like blue coats and I thought there was like something seriously wrong like the way the whole situation was brought about but it was only a down syndrome diagnosis. You said something really gorgeous there about how you have this one idea of what down syndrome is and it's the complete opposite. I wasn't educated I wasn't educated on Down syndrome at all. And before I had Evie, I would have, as I said, I would have just thought that she wouldn't be able to do certain things. Like she wouldn't be able to go to mainstream school. She wouldn't, you know, and she can do all those things. She goes to preschool now. She goes to a mainstream preschool um, with all, chil- all children her age. Like they don't see a difference. She's just Evie. Becoming a new mother is a terrifying experience for for everyone and every story or in, and every conversation I have on this podcast goes back to that. Like it's an intimidating time. Mm-hmm. You have so much insecurity around your own ability and how you'll cope. But at 25, it's the kind of diagnosis that you, you tend to hear about with women who are much older having children yeah you would you would normally associate it like the the statistics would say that um women over 40 would be more inclined to have a child with down syndrome um do you know when you look at all these stats and you think oh sure that'll never be me like that won't be me but it can happen to anyone and my 
the whole idea of my page after we had Evie was I wanted to change perspectives and show people what Down syndrome was really like because when I go back to when she was first born and think of what I taught and it was just down to pure ignorance um, and me being uneducated like I just wanted and I know people other people uh, taught like that not just me and it's not just women that are 25 it's the older generation everybody they I just want people to know what Down syndrome is really like and how fantastic people with Down syndrome are and they're not to be pitied or felt sorry for or you know they're they are their own people and I, I just I could go on and talk about Evie all day and just say how amazing she is and how far she's come since the beginning and it's just she's just amazing <laughs> well I think so anyway I'm probably being totally biased here but you know <laughs> no she she absolutely is I I want to talk about something that has I think proven everything that you've just said there and that is the progression mm -hmm. and the fight that she has had to learn to walk yeah that's that's been her hardest journey um so when she was born she was uh born with low muscle tone um and she's had years of physio splints walkers um just to try and build up her legs but um at the moment now she's only recently she started taking her first steps which was absolutely the highlight of my life <laughs> like you we've just waited so so long for her to take those first steps and I know how hard she has worked to get there and just how I'm actually just I'm just getting a, a little bit you know I, it's just amazing to see how far she's come because that girl has put in so much effort to get where she is now like it's it's just unreal I spoke recently to Amanda um, of the Little Puddins page and we spoke about their journey and how, and, and how much she just wanted to hear them talk and the yeah, absolute you just you... joy of, of seeing your child do something that you're working day and night to just, it's, 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 it's immense joy. It's unbelievable. Like even today she had um, an orthotics appointment and um, like she held my hand and walked into that appointment and it was just absolutely unreal. Like three and a half years I waited to hold hand, hold my daughter's hand and walk hand in hand together. And it was like, you just appreciate things so much more because you know how hard they've worked to get there. So like that, a child saying their first word or a child taking their first steps to um, families that don't have children with additional needs. That's just, it's, it just happens for them. And it's just, you know, it's just, it just happens. But for our children, they put in so much effort. And like that, for a typical child, it might happen when they're one year old or one and a half, like Evie's three and a half now and she's still not walking unaided or you know that she's she's still she's still trying her best to get there whereas if she was a typical child she probably would have started walking at one and I would have just went oh you know she's walking amazing first steps whereas 
this has taken her three and a half years and I know how much hard work and determination has gone into her taking those steps and I she knows how proud it makes me and you can even see that in her face as well how thrilled she is with herself and it's just like the, the joy is just amazing like you couldn't you couldn't even describe the feeling like it's just amazing take me back to when you came home and as you said you you yourself weren't educated in in this diagnosis you yourself didn't know what to expect you had this feeling that it was bad but you didn't you didn't know what was to come how did you guide yourself through that education was there anything that you well, did or was there anyone you spoke to that helped I helped you? think the best thing we done was the one bit of good information we did get from the hospital was to contact Down Syndrome Ireland so I done that immediately and I have to say the guys were absolutely amazing within two or three days they had sent me out any booklet like any amount of booklets that I could have needed so many amazing stories of families that you know just all nice normal family you know just reassurance it was just they were they were absolutely fantastic and one piece of advice I was given as well was to stay off Google <laughs> and I did I did that as well because they, especially in the early days and um, the hospital were like please don't Google anything of course that's what you would immediately go to do but um no contact the guys at Down Syndrome Ireland and I have to say and still to this day like before COVID hit Evie would attend a, a group once a week as well um where other children with down syndrome all come together and they teach them law of sign language but it's a form of communication uh, kind yeah. of like sign language mm. so they they would teach that in the group and um you know just amazing and to be able to have that contact with other families then as well and the reassurance was just fantastic one of the benefits of evie coming along first is you often don't know what you don't know you know, you're not comparing Evie to any other child that's come before them because you're just a first time mom anyway. Yeah, we always said that in the beginning. Um, we had nothing to compare. Like we had no other children at the time. So obviously Evie was my firstborn. Um, and we just had, when people used to say, oh, like, is there a difference? Or We're like, we have nothing to compare it to. We have no other children. So this is our normal and as I always say define normal like what is normal but mm. our normal you know Evie was our normal she was our first child and we just rolled with it you know and now as a as a mum of three <laughs> so you, I know <laughs> so three you, and three and a half years <laughs> a three and a half year old how old then is your second daughter uh, she is turning two at the end of the month so that's quite a juggle even to begin with. And I'm only thinking of myself here because I have a three and a half year old and uh, Ruby and my daughter, Juliet, they, they're really close in age too. Um, but you've got one in the middle. So. Yeah, <laughs> one in between. There'll I'm be thinking, no more. <laughs> how the hell is that happening? <laughs> oh, it's tough. But I have to say um, the, two, the two older ones, so Daisy and Evie, are as thick as thieves and um, they just have 
the most amazing bond and they get on so well now to kill each other as well of course but you know they I think Daisy really helps to bring Evie on as well because she sees Daisy doing certain things and she's kind of like oh well if she can do that I can definitely do that you know so I think having the kids close in age was actually um well I didn't I didn't want her to grow up an only child anyway so I just said ah sure we might as well have them close in age but I think it was um, a great decision because I found since Daisy has come along Evie has definitely progressed mm. a lot more and I think it's just down to having she's just having her sister and they're learning from each other and teaching each other all the time so it was definitely um, definitely a good, a good thing to have them together close in age I think. Did the hospital pay more attention to you in your second pregnancy? Uh, they did actually so I remember when I was pregnant on Evie, I used to just, um, I think it was the domino scheme. So I was able to kind of go between the coom and the hospital then closest to my area. But then when I was pregnant on Daisy, I had to have all my appointments in the coom. I was offered um, screening as well, which um, I politely refused. Um, and that was just my decision because I had chosen to get pregnant again and I had always said I knew there was a chance of having another child with Down syndrome and that just that just didn't bother me at all so I I always kind of politely refused like it was offered to me numerous times on both of my other children um, and as I said I always just said no because I had no issue if I if I was to have another child with additional needs so be it you know it wouldn't have affected my decision in any way but then there is the other side like as you said when it's just been offered to you you're just kind of oh but then I I just don't I don't think I would have liked to know beforehand because I think I would have focused on it too much and I think it may it might have like not ruined my pregnancy pregnancy experience but because I was so I was only 25 and I was so naive I feel like I would you know you'd be just so stressed out and you'd be overthinking things and the diagnosis as you said in the beginning the diagnosis is not who Evie is it's no and it's has. not the, the, it's not the be all and the end all do you know what I mean it's like that's your baby and regardless of any diagnosis that's still your baby and you're just you're not going to love them any differently because of a diagnosis because as I said it doesn't define who they are and Evie having Down syndrome has actually taught like she has taught me more in three and a half years than I had learned in the 25 previous Mm -hmm. like I'm a completely different person to what I was before I had Evie and I've feel like I have a better understanding of the world since I've had her I like appreciate things so much more and it's just having a child with additional needs it's hard to describe just how much they change it and how much just how much you let how much you appreciate things like so much more I actually loved Evie so much that when I went back to when I the time came for me to go back to work um, like I had severe separation anxiety is starting to get um, post, I ended up actually with postnatal then at that stage as well but th- the fear of being away from her was mm. just like it was something else 
that that just it just goes to show like like having an separation anxiety from your what six month old baby like it's from going to work every single day of the week to not being able to go three days because you're just missing this little being so much you know oh look I think that's a completely normal experience um and even I, I, I asked, I asked on Instagram this week, even how people were feeling about going back to maternity or going back to work after a maternity leave spend in lockdown. And mm. I'll be returning soon myself again. <laughs> yeah. And the responses yeah. were overwhelming in that feeling of like the bond, particularly, you know, women even saying like the bond second time round, even, but because of lockdown. And because of the intensity of being with them and being their only person, you know? Um, yeah, and they depend on you. So, like, because they haven't even been going to school or crash or, like, I have three of them now that are just completely dependent on me the last few months. Now, in fairness, I will be working from home, but it's still, they're still going to have to go back into the crash set and they're still going to, and you just always have that worry in the back of your mind, like, or, how are they going to feel when I do go back? And that's that's what I do. We always be thinking is how how are they going to feel and how is it going to affect them? Me going back to work. I have to say, um, Ruby the third, she's like the most amazing child around here at the minute. She's just she's like the dream baby. She's just so content, so happy that you're kind of like, oh, if you had another one and it was like Ruby, now you'd be laughing, but you're. It wouldn't go that way. <laughs> It'd be too good to be true. As your confidence was growing and you were getting to know Evie and you were getting to fall in love with this baby, how, what was your experience of how the world welcomed her? And do you think like the world has more to do to actually open itself up to understanding what Down syndrome is? Oh, 100%. Like it definitely... <laughs> Like we have made progress over the last 20 years, but like there's still a long, long way to go. I, I think um, like our little page is a great outlet and I've met so many other families of children with additional needs um, and they're so, so supportive. But for every hundred good comments you get, you'll still get nasties, you know, and that kind of, that's the sad part that you, you get so, there's so many people that are understanding and that are coming not not coming to terms that's that's the wrong um phrase to use but like people uh, are becoming a more aware and, and accepting um children and adults with additional needs but then there's the small minority i believe that still um there is definitely a long long way to go and when you say nasty comments, are you saying like people would contact you with nasty comments about your daughter? I've had, I've had a few situations where um, people have set up fake profiles um, and just, yeah, just literally could just come out of nowhere and comment on a, a child and, and I wouldn't even say the word, but... Um, now, sometimes they, I think people are just uneducated and I don't think they mean to offend. Like, 
I'll never forget someone asked me once, did I know she was going to be, um, I wouldn't even say the word, but we'll just say it. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, it's just, yeah. It's, sometimes I don't know if it's just people that are uneducated or, but a lot of the time it is just people being nasty. How do you respond to that? I, nine times out of 10, I just um, completely ignore. Um, I'm like, what else can you do? Because these people are obviously coming on your page to try and get a reaction out of you and rile you, you know? Um, and I just, I just don't feed into it because I feel that that's what they want me to do. No, it's only really online that we've ever kind of had any hate like I I feel restaurants and stuff have definitely come come on like I wouldn't we've never been out anywhere that anyone has made us feel different or uncomfortable or anything like that like sometimes we we would refrain from going to the playground purely because she's not on her feet as much as say Daisy would be so Daisy could be running around and she'd be playing and climbing on the slides and stuff where where Evie, Evie is, can't do that at the moment. Like she, her muscle tone just won't allow her to do it. So she kind of just would play in the sand or that there actually, there is, I suppose, yeah, there would be, um, could be improvements made there to maybe incorporate more things for not just children with Down syndrome, but children with sensory issues or, do you know what I mean? That, there, there can be improvements made everywhere really yeah I, I think so I, I just I think the world our children's world has been built for children that have don't that don't have any additional needs there just hasn't been that level of consideration given to all the little minor things yeah. that could make Evie's life so much more accessible to mark this year um what are you hoping that people kind of learn about down syndrome you know it's a it's a day every year where there's focus on on the incredible special people but what are you hoping that you know people understand and learn from it it's not even about learning for me it's more so acceptance like i just want evie to be able to walk down the street or you know, just, I just want her to be accepted by society. I don't want her growing up and feeling like she's different or feeling like people are looking at her because she, like she may have certain features that are a little bit different to the next person. Like I, I just want her to be included and I just want her to feel, I just want her to feel accepted. That's, that's all I want in life is just for Evie to be accepted for Evie. It's such a, it's such a basic need. Yeah, really. it's, it's no more than that. Like our page, we, it's always been about awareness and acceptance. Um, you know, and it's just, uh, I just want uh, a better future for her. I don't want her to be in school and, and be treated, treated differently because she's not different. She's the same as anybody else you know it's i just can't specify enough like she is just the same as you or i she's 
absolutely she's just amazing and people just need to people just need to see that and focus on the good and yeah and, and what's same about her not what's different exactly exactly because as i said she is just the same as you or i she just got an extra chromosome <laughs> if you could go back to that 25 year old with a one day old baby and the 10 people in the blue coats standing around you what would you tell her And everything, it's just get rid of every thought that I had in my, to just get rid of every thought that I had in my head at that time, completely flip it around and just like, it's just so hard to describe. I always just say like at that time I wasted so many tears for, for nothing. Like it was wasted tears sadness sad tears and it was just yeah i just give myself a kick and just say you've nothing to worry about it's a lovely feeling isn't it when you've nothing to worry about yeah because at that time it was just like it was all sadness and it was all like I remember friends and family going, oh my God, you know, you'd be ringing them and, oh, we had the baby and uh, she has Down syndrome and immediately people would say, oh, I'm sorry. And I'd, I'd immediately say, well, what are you sorry for? Mm. Like, why are you apologizing? You have no reason to be sorry. Like she's a perfectly healthy baby and you don't need to be sorry because of her diagnosis. What do you think they were sorry for? Why do you think that that was such an impulse for people to say? I believe that they had the same initial thoughts as what I had. And their thought process was obviously the same as mine. And they immediately went, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, mm. because they obviously had thought that maybe she would be a burden or, you know, it's just crazy. And to think that all those people now think exactly how I think you just you don't realize until a person with additional needs like comes into your life I think that's when you really start to educate and learn and appreciate things and maybe when by meeting them the fear goes away yeah and the impact that they have like everywhere Evie goes she always has put smiles on people's faces and even if we're in the supermarket and you know she might look up at someone she'd be hi and like she immediately just brings this warmness to her room like there's I, I just like she's just radiates happiness do you know what I mean like she has her moments as well of course and not that's a total stereotypical <laughs> oh children with down syndrome are always happy like she is not always happy like that no, she's not. She's like, as I said, teenager. But um, yeah, she just radiates happiness. She just she's changed our, changed our world, our world so much, so so much.
and we're so appreciative that we were chosen to have a child with additional needs. And I think that's what's most important. I think that's, you know, whether it's a family who are back where you were three and a half years ago, or if you're trying to support a family who have just had that news and are scared, or if you're oh, trying I to open up your mind and, 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 and learn about different experiences, like there's so much happiness and, and it's, it's like that, as you just touched on there, like obviously our experience may have been better than another family's like Evie was in perfectly good health. And I know there can be the possibility of, um, children with Down syndrome having, um, underlying issues and whatnot. Like we were very, very lucky that her health was so good. She didn't have to have any surgeries. Like she had a minor hole in her heart when she was born, which closed up itself. And she was only on feed and tube for three days and whatever. But like, that was scary for us. So I can only imagine how other parents feel, but your love outweighs the scare, like that scared feeling. It, it just subsides, you know, mm. as the day goes on and, and you just look at that little bundle, like it's just, it just, yeah, it just like this, there is, it, you're, you're not scared anymore. It's just, it's hard to describe. Like I, I just wish I could, like as she, every day that she grows is just, you do, you just want to kick yourself for having those early thoughts of the early doubt, like doubting your own child in the beginning, but like the more they grow, the more they show you and the more, the more you learn. And that's, that's the whole thing. I think that no matter who you meet on that day, in that moment, they're your baby and you will fall in love with that child and you will show up every day for that child. And your child will teach you far more than you have to teach them. They crack you open and just, it is the same love. It's the same love that every mum experiences. And I know for, I know that for some it isn't instant and I know for some it can take time, whether there's additional That's what every parent. or not. That's exactly it. That's with every parent. And I think I'd love if the world could get to a place where no matter what baby is born, that that's how we, that's how we see it. It's just happiness. Yeah. It's just joy. That, you're, that feeling of like, you know yourself, you, when people say like, oh, when you have a baby, that love is indescribable. And when yeah. I had Evie, that was no different. I didn't know her diagnosis at that time, but my feelings towards her didn't change the next day. If anything, I just felt like the more, as I said, the more she grew, the more I loved her. And just having that small little baby and knowing that they they have to depend on you. Like I wasn't, I wasn't focusing on purely just on Down syndrome. Obviously it was running through my mind as a 25 year old, but within a couple of days, like it just, it just completely goes, like sometimes I even forget that Evie has Down syndrome. Do you know, I, I don't look at her as if 
she has Down syndrome. To me, as I said, she's just, she is just Evie. And sometimes I don't even, like, I forget. Because <laughs> it's, she's your, just, she's just your little girl. That's mm. all she is. She's just your little girl. And there are no labels when you look at your own child. There are no issues it's just your child looking back at you and you show up as the parent they they need you to be in that moment you know and it can be the soft loving parent or yeah, it, can, she, it can be the harsh parent she may need um a little bit of extra help along the way but it's like you're always going to be there you're always going to help your children so diagnosis or no diagnosis you're always going to step up to the plate for your child are you proud of who you are now? Oh, I am so proud of myself. Like, you wouldn't believe the person I was, to say, what, four, four years ago, four and a half years ago, before I had Evie. Like, I am a completely different person to what I was then. Like, my life has changed so much, and she has changed my life so much for the better. And not just her, my other two kids as well, obviously. But just I, I just can't describe how much she changed me and how much she has taught me in such a short short space of time it's it, I just yeah it's I'm a completely different person completely different and it's all it's all because of Evie ultimately I think from a parent's perspective all they want is that the world will love their baby just as much as they do and that's 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 all I want from this world. I just want, I just want Evie to be accepted and loved, and just I don't want her to have to worry about being bullied or, you know, I don't. I just don't want. I just don't want her to ever feel sad because, or, or made feel sad because she's a little bit different. And I just think that's that would just make me so sad as a mother to feel that she felt, you know, it's, it's just, yeah. it just breaks my heart to think that society could be horrible and make her feel like that. And I think that's why I put my heart and soul into our page because I want to do everything I can and show the world that she is no different and that she shouldn't be made feel different. She's a person too, at the end of the day. She is such a gorgeous little person. Um, and she's very, very lucky to have you as her mum, as all your three girls are. And I just want to thank you so much for joining me to share your experience and hopefully educate us all to actually stop seeing the difference and start seeing what's the same. And that's stop all seeing of our the children. difference and start seeing the love. <laughs> exactly. Because that's all that matters. <laughs> that is all that matters. Melissa, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes for their support. Proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, Water Wipes are now 100% biodegradable, plant-based and compostable wipes and the winners of three National Parenting Product Awards 2020, including Best Baby Wipes. So you can do what's best for your baby's skin 
and help protect the planet. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Share this episode across social and get in touch with this week's guest, Melissa at the Mind of a Mummy, on Instagram. Talk to you again next week. <laughs>